0: We all have one. It's called the inner critic, and it hurts our pickleball game. So C.J. Johnson is here to talk about how a technique called three, two, one can help silence your inner critic. We also discuss the upcoming Pickleball Summit, which is free to attend if you have a ticket. And you can get one by going to pickleballfire.com forward slash summit. Let's get to the intro to hear from C.J. Welcome to the Pickleball Fire Podcast, where it's all about pickleball. Today, I would like to welcome to the podcast for, I think it's at least the second time, CJ Johnson. How are you doing today, CJ? I'm doing awesome today, Lynn. Thank you so much for having me again. I am so glad you could join again You've got something big coming up, which the Pickleball Fire audience is probably starting to hear a little bit about for 2022. It is the Pickleball Summit. So, CJ, tell me a little bit about what that is and what it means to pickleball players.
1: It is. This is actually the third Pickleball Summit and it's going to be happening June 26th to June 29th. And it is a virtual event. And about three years ago, so yeah, third summit, right? About three years ago, uh, when we shut down for COVID, I had always wanted to do a summit and put together some of the best creative minds and teachers and experts, both from inside and out of pickleball to share the information with pickleball players that they needed to improve so that they could hear different voices in the space. And the first summit happened in March of 2020. We shut down for COVID and boom, we had a summit and it was so well received that we are now having the third summit this year.
0: Awesome. And then How has it changed and grown over time?
1: (laughs) Well, it's gotten bigger, Uh, (laughs) that's for certain. Uh, The first summit, literally, we put together the summit in two weeks because back at that time, if you kind of flash back to March of 2020, at least the way I thought about it was... Well, gee, I got two weeks before this COVID thing is done and we'll be back to playing our regularly scheduled pickleball game. And obviously that's not how things happen, but that was the way it was at the time. So uh, given that the whole thing came together in two weeks, it was I reached out to a multitude of YouTube creators and we had 13 creators we did it all using Zoom and on YouTube. So literally Lynn, we turned on a camera and just ran the camera and pickleball players came in and they loved it because the information that they got was so diverse. And one of the things that I heard after the summit was, wow, um, I'd never heard from X, whoever that presenter happened to be. And what they said really changed my game. So it became very obvious that we the summit touched players in a and gave them information in a different way than they perhaps were getting from YouTube previously. So that's where it started and now it's grown to 30. We've got more than 30 presenters this year and of course we cover a variety of different topics still we talk about strategy, we talk about technique, and importantly, we talk about the mind-body connection because those are just some of the topics that we tend to be very focused on technique or YouTube tends to be very focused on technique. And certainly much of the information that's out there is very technique focused and that's fine. But in order to become a well-rounded pickleball player, people need to incorporate the other, the strategy as well as the mind-body connection. And that's what the summit does.
0: I love that. and. That actually is great advice because I think on the podcast, I don't do my due diligence when it comes to the mind-body aspect of the game, which is a little bit ironic since I was trained as a sports psychologist. But the the Pickleball Fire podcast is very much based on a strategy, technique, fundamentals. So let's take this as an opportunity to dive a little bit into the mind-body body aspect. What's one of your favorite tips around that?
1: Oh my goodness. You you hit my jam. This is one of my favorite things to talk about as you, as you well know, because we've had some side conversations. I am, so my background is I came from golf and I was very fortunate in my golf career to be exposed to a variety of sports psychologists When I was a young golf pro, they were at that point in time, the field was just really starting. And so they were writing books and they were coming to different tournaments and locations and working with players. So I I got exposed to that field very early and it has been so beneficial. And this is now pickleball is the third sport that I teach because I also teach skiing in addition to golf and having the tools. To mentally deal with not just adversity, the learning process, the expectations that we set for ourselves, things like that. Having those tools definitely gives me a leg up, often in terms of performance, but more in terms of how I feel about with the game. And Tony and I like to, to talk about it this way, We like, and, and this is actually a borrowed term from Coach Peter Scales is our relationship with the game. Because we all have a relationship with pickleball. And sometimes, at least for me, when that relationship gets out of whack, that's when I am not happy on the pickleball courts. And I, it, it, there are things that we can do to maintain that relationship, to maintain a healthy relationship. Let's put it that way.
0: And so what would one of those things be that people can do?
1: So one of my, and there's a ton of different things, but I, so I'm always trying to learn something new. And one of the presenters that we have coming on to the podcast wrote the book sports psychology for dumb. His name is Dr. Todd case. I, I, before inviting him onto the to the summit, I, I picked up this book and what made this book extremely different from other sports psychology books that I would read previously, there were actionable tips in the book. Many times sports psychology books are either very kind of theoretical in nature or just at a much higher level. You, you don't always get the go do this. So one of the, one of the things that, I've borrowed is it's about the inner critic. And I think we all have an inner critic and that inner critic has been addressed in a multitude of books that I've written the read the inner game of tennis, uh, coach Pete's book, which is mental and emotional training for tennis, compete, learn, honor, but the inner critic for most people is generally pretty loud. And even though I control my inner critic most of the time, it can get very loud and sometimes it gets loud over performance. So one of one of the techniques that I've been applying from Dr. K's book is a technique that he called three, two, one. So the three would be three positive things you did in a game or a practice. So, and I'm just going to back up just a touch. You need to write these down. There's a a lot of power in just writing things. So after you finish your day, either your game or your practice, write down three positive things you did. Then what you want to do, the two, is now two things you learned about yourself. And and the way that's phrased is extremely important. This is not two ways I messed up. (laughs) That's what the inner critic wants to tell me is, oh, you messed this up today. You did not do this well today. So it's two things you learned about yourself. And then the last one is one thing that you're going to do in the next 24 hours to improve. So I love the three, two, one, because it's very easy to remember. But the most important thing that it does for me, and that I see it doing for the students that I share this technique with, is it reframes a practice session. Because what amazes me is I can have a practice session where Whatever I practice goes well, except for, let's just say one shot. So I practice three or four different shots. They all come off perfectly, but I practice, let's just say I practice ground strokes and my ground strokes are just not on that day. I'm hitting them long. I'm hitting them wide, whatever it may be. It, I can so easily walk away from that experience to, just completely forgetting about all the positive things that happen and internalizing the ground stroke and the the fact that the ground stroke wasn't where I wanted it to be. So that the next time I go to play or practice, I'm taking that negative mindset with me and um framing out that next practice session in going to a negative place. So that's one thing it does. The second thing that negative side can do is that negative side, as I said, can really change that relationship with pickleball. I, I, unfortunately I've gotten a lot of emails and such from players who have said, I'm just not having fun anymore. And I'm so disheartened with the way that I'm playing and I'm never going to be good at this game that I'm going to quit the game. And I feel bad. I feel very badly for that person. And I know that negative experiences can snowball and just make us feel so much less than and they don't have to. So 321 is a great way for me to focus on what went well because even if it wasn't a great practice session, there's always some positive as long as I'm looking for it.
0: That is awesome. I, I am totally there with you because three two one so very easy to remember. But I've got to ask you a little bit about especially number two and one, I think you had stated the two represents things that you learned about yourself. That's, that could be really wide ranging. Can you give me some examples of what you might put down on a given day? Sure.
1: And it may be something, let's just go into stroke mechanics. It may be that I'm holding the paddle more uh, tightly for a different type of stroke. It might be that I was practicing a block volley and my paddle face was open instead of my paddle face being square. So they may be some technical things. It might be, I'll give you an example. The other day I was out uh, drilling I was drilling a variety of different shots, but then I came to the third shot and I happened to be on the court with the ball machine that day. And I was struggling. I'd been hitting, we call them long dinks. (laughs) That's how I like to think of it. I'd been hitting the long dink very well from all over the court until I got to the baseline. And I noticed as I'm back there and I'm struggling to, to hit the type of shot that I want, all of a sudden I heard the rhythm that I was interrupting the rhythm of the shot. One of the things that I tend to do is sometimes I take that, I rush that shot. I take the ball too quickly. So instead of having a rhythm, like it's one, two, it was like, it was very close together. And all of a sudden I heard the rhythm and the fact that I was interrupting the rhythm <laughs> of the shot. And I'm like, you're rushing it, CJ. CJ. Listen for the rhythm. So that would be something that I can take in that number two, in that number two position is I learned about myself in that instance, I'm not much of an auditory person, but that is my least prominent learning skill. I am kinesthetic. I'm a feel oriented learner, and I have a very high visual acuity as well, and auditory tends to be at the end of that spectrum. And I was like, wow, not only did I learn that I need to pay attention to the rhythm of the game, because pickleball does have a rhythm and it does have sound, but that I am an auditory learner, be it small, (laughs) I can learn in an auditory manner.
0: I just want to take a second and break in here and thank Club Pickleball for sponsoring this episode. When I first saw Club Pickleball's paddle selection, I thought, wow, these are some of the best designs I have ever seen. The color and the patterns are amazing, and the edge guard even coordinates with the graphite paddle face. What's better is you can create your own custom paddle designs. So go to playpickleball.club and get 20% off everything the end of July. All right. Well, that was really a great example. And that's something that I'm going to start thinking about too, because like you, I am very much a kinesthetic learner. And sometimes as you, like you were saying, as you're moving back in the court, when you're practicing your long dings, AKA third shot drops, that yeah, it is something that, that the sound is is important because it can indicate if you're rushing so really great tips all right so it seems like number two is very related to number one and it's almost like you've got to pretty well take number two and think okay well given you know what i learned about myself in number two here's what i'm going to work on improving on one thing in the next 24 hours now Why do you think it's just one thing?
1: Well, I, I, so first of all, one thing I can focus on, it's manageable, it's doable. Anytime I try and put five, six, seven things, multiple things on my plate, something falls through. So I think one thing is manageable and I think one thing reinforces the learning. So as an example, what I did after that is I spent, and it was only five minutes, I turned on a pickleball game. On YouTube, but I turned off the video and I listened for the sound of the game and tried to imagine the game as I heard the game. So for me, now I'm listening to what I learned about myself, right? Is that I can be auditory and then I'm taking it towards my towards one of my other stronger senses which would be my visual sense. And so I even though it wasn't me playing, I visualized myself being on the court and hitting those shots while I was simply listening for them to develop that skill just a little bit more. So I think the one is important because one thing is easy to master or to not master to do, but the second thing is doing it within 24 hours. Doing something immediate I don't know about you, how many times I've had the best intentions and gone to a seminar or something like that and just written a book full of notes. And then I never look at them again. <laughs> I mean, it's great to learn. But one of the things that Tony and I talk a lot about is if people right now generally have too much information. We need to close the gap on the learning. And I think that taking it into one thing and immediate action starts to close the gap on the learning and helps us to develop those skills we need to play our best.
0: Now with the three, two, one, is that something that you write down every day, whether you're playing or drilling?
1: I have used right now, I have used the three, two, one primarily for pickleball, but as you said that and as I'm thinking about that, why wouldn't I use that in other places in my life? I mean, it's very simple, it reinforces habits. And what I have found, not just for me, but for the students that I've shared this with, is it gives some additional insights into how I learn. I help with silencing that inner critic. I think most people can use some help silencing the inner critic. And like I said, even though I've been doing this for a long time, my inner critic can get loud at different points in times. I'm not good enough. So I I, I think I'm going to take your challenge and start applying the three, two, one to to every day. What can I do and what can I learn? Be a student of not just my pickleball game, but be a student of what's going on in my life.
0: That is great. I love that, CJ. And I, I'm glad I could help you out with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, let, let's, those were some amazing tips that three, two, one idea is great. I know that's just one example of one of the speakers you're going to have on the Pickleball Summit. Can you give the audience an idea of what other topics within kind of that mind-body area and who the presenters are?
1: Absolutely. If you followed Tony and I at all, that we talk about three pillars of learning. That's how we break it down is you have that, again, you have the technical pillar or the how-to, you have the strategic pillar out on the pickleball court or what shot to hit when, and then you have that mind-body connection. And so we're going to be covering all of those, but in that mind-body connection, we've talked now about Dr. Todd. We also have A favorite of ours, Coach Peter Scales, as I said, he has written the book, Mental and Emotional Training for Tennis. Do not let the word tennis confuse you or steer you away from that book. Uh, One of the things that we love about Coach Pete's book is it is in bite size, very easy to understand and apply chunks, things that you can take. Tomorrow and start uh, working on your on your pickleball game. We also have people who are coming in, like we have DJ Howard, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take his his uh, steal his thunder of his presentation. DJ is pretty famous for giving his tips, right? DJ gives a weekly tip, and one of the tips that he talked about during the uh, for his summer presentation is a tip that's called pound the rock, and it's a tip that he uses. To help people understand the, really the learning process and what we go through in learning a sport. There are a lot of people who play pickleball who have either never played a sport before, or if they have played a sport, they never played it at a, at a super competitive level where they've really had to where they've really experienced some of the things that they are experiencing in their pickleball learning process. So they don't always know what's typical of learning sport. It's very easy to say, well, I'm just not getting it when it really is. That's how we learn sports. So he's got a fantastic tip there. And we also segue, segue into the body and body performance, because not, it's not just about the mind and the mindset. Uh, if your body's not performing, you're not going to be out on the pickleball court. And I think anyone who's experienced injury can agree that it's no fun to sit on the sidelines. So uh, we have Dr. Alan Rosenthal back. He's talking about one of the more common questions that we ask, plantar fasciitis. If your feet are bothering you, not only is it painful being out there, but that's potentially impacting your knees and your hips and all of your lower body joints. Carly Penifold coming in and she is talking about some acupressure techniques to help to relieve some of your upper body woes. Another thing that a lot of people suffer from, and I did too, when I first started playing pickleball, were golfers and tennis elbow. And then, so we have a variety of presenters talking about uh, those types of things to help you stay not just active and playing your best pickleball, but the the added benefits, these are things that carry on into our life. Just like you asked about the three, two, one, Are is it only on the pickleball court? And it's, well, duh, no, it's not only on the pickleball court. It's the same thing for the body connection. If we're doing some of the things off the pickleball courts, we're just going to move through life. More easily and with less problems. And there's enough problems.
0: (laughs) Let's take care of our
1: minds and our bodies. And hopefully it makes it a little bit easier.
0: All right. I know from just this conversation, there are going to be so many people interested in the Pickleball Summit. Just two things on this remind people of the dates, how they can access it. I guess three things. And what does it cost? Absolutely. So
1: again, the dates are June 26th through June 29th. This is all virtual. This is all online. You do not have to travel anywhere. You can watch this from the comfort of your own home, or you can have a party and have some people over and watch it on the watch it on the big screen. The cost is free to attend the summit. And I know that Lynn from Pickleball Fire will be sharing a link to get your free tickets on the 4th of June, which is a Saturday. So she can provide you
0: with all that information. All right. Well, once again, CJ, I so appreciate you coming on the Pickleball Fire podcast. You always have some great tips and letting people know about the Pickleball Summit. I know everybody will enjoy it.
1: Thank you for having me, Lynn. And it's great to have you. And I don't mean to be remiss about this. Lynn is going to be on one of our panel discussions as well. And you do not want to miss her because it's our turn to flip the script and to interview the the person who's normally conducting the interviews. And she's great.
0: Well, thank you, CJ. I appreciate that. And I'll look forward to taping that soon.